0: Welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. Uh, My name is Brad, and this is a podcast that explores the idea that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games out there for us to spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on these days. It can be really intimidating sometimes to figure out what to play next. And that's kind of one of the things we're going to be talking about today. Um, Now... This podcast explores, as I said, the great big wild world of tabletop gaming Um, that often involves the events that we go to play in, big industry events and announcements that are going on, and cool games and miniatures that my guests and I have enjoyed either playing or collecting. And today we have a special guest on, uh, a gentleman whose work I have been enjoying a ton. Um, Now, you may think, huh, that, that company sounds familiar, but... That is because we spoke, of course, to Andy Hobday of uh, Footsore UK uh, last, uh, or a couple weeks ago, and now we are going to speak to another Footsore, Footsore North America, Uh, the man himself, and of course I'm talking about Tim Spakowski. Tim, welcome to Cast Dice. How you doing, man?
1: I'm great. How are you doing, Brad? I'm
0: great. And of course, when we're talking about the other things, uh, if you know this man's dulcet tones, you would also know that he is the voice behind the Footsore Vox, uh, the brand new podcast by Footsore Miniature. So, Tim, welcome to the show, man. How Things are good?
1: Things are really good. Things are really extremely busy. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm really grateful to be on the show and Thank you for talk coming to up. you. I really enjoy what you do for the community and in in many formats with the pictures that you post, of the stuff that you're working on painting as well as your podcast. So I I think it's great.
0: Thanks, man. Uh, it's (laughs) it's not often one of the things that people say to me on the show. You've actually got me flat foot and blushing. Um, uh, ah, Uh, I, I just think that there's, um, I think there's a lot of wonderful games and wonderful miniatures out there. Um, that often don't get the publicity that, you know, they may need or deserve. Uh, And, you know, some of the games that I talk about, of course, are mass-produced, big-ticket games that are very shiny and cool that are put out by mass companies, um, some of which I used to work for. I get it. But I also like to talk about some of the games put out by, um, you know, smaller independent companies and, uh, you know, authors who I think, you know, deserve some airtime because, Their stuff is great. Uh, Now, I did mention earlier that I'm really enjoying your work. And um, in particular, out of Footsore North America, you guys have been putting out uh, some really fantastic modern slash, uh, I don't know, pulp adventure kind of models um, that, you know, really sing to me uh, as a collector that I have been uh, picking up and really enjoying. So, uh what I guess there's a lot to, of questions in there but what sort of brought you to the sort of modern wargaming pulp range um sort of as a collector and as a passion that um sort of got you to have these pieces commissioned and really went out to eat, you know not just have them made for yourself but then manufacturing them for others
1: uh, I think the biggest are the best answer is my childhood. Mm. You know, we all grew up with different things in our lives mm-hmm. and that is that hopefully have stuck with us in, in a positive way. Exactly. Well, the negative stuff we learn from, but mm-hmm. so there's things that make your heart sing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I grew up, I grew up with in, in the eighties. So that means all the eighties, uh, well, we've got uh, Star Wars and all the mm-hmm. other cool stuff that was around. And there's also adventurers and, and military comics and mm-hmm. cartoons and toys all wrapped around that. So I I saw a hole that I think needs to be filled for pulp gaming yeah, and, and modern pulp gaming. And mm-hmm. when I say pulp, you know, it's my definition of pulp is it's a skirmish game, mm-hmm. but there's also a story driven behind it as, as well as some role playing. It's not just you're yeah. moving 10 pieces. He's moving 10 pieces. You roll dice. Crap. I lost four of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. That's kind of, that's to me, I, I, I've, I've moved away from that. I like more of the, let's put a, bring some story. Let's bring some life onto the table and, and, uh, Why not do it with uh pulp gaming? I think that there's one of my favorites is pulp alley, yes. And I uh work with Dave and working on some figures from Captain Spectre, yes. Uh, and so we're working on that, and and I love that you know 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s pulp era, and that's like that's
0: almost a sort of you know the rocket soldier, uh, yes sort of genre which you know is awesome to see Uh, you know masked rocket soldier uh you know fighting against you know other rocket uh you know equipped bad guys it's that whole rocket age thing i mean of course you can talk about certain movies that fill that void but i mean that is a comic genre uh from that time period um radio show i mean it's it's great
1: Well, the, and the thing about radio shows and pulp is that the only thing that you were left to were your, was your imagination, right? You had, uh, you know, kids these days, unfortunately are playing with other people's imaginations, yeah. meaning the, the video games. And I played video games. I mean, I was talking to my, my 12 year old today about when Zelda first came out Mm -hmm. with Nintendo and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, back in those times, you just had the, the radio or you had a pulp you know, book or a comic or, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. lucky. So you're left with the pictures in your head, matching the voice that's coming across the speaker and you get excited and you, you just want to play it. And we did the same thing as kids. You know, I remember uh, I joke, but it's the God's honest truth. I remember uh, my grandma taking me to see Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And right next door to the theater was a toy store called Children's Palace. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go over there and find Han Solo and the new figures. And we, she takes me to the store. I'm all excited. She says, okay, here's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to uh, cut it. <laughs> even uh, then. <laughs> I can't even get, you know. So, But but that, that sort of thing, you know, that. Yeah. What I try to do is bring that feeling of childhood back into. I think you and I are close to the same age, and you know, that to me is what is important. I I still feel like I am eleven or twelve. I have, Mm I honestly, I honestly say this that I have to remind myself that I am forty six. I have to remind myself that I'm a daddy, uh, because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, definitely I've matured and, and some people would say that I have digressed, but, <laughs> yes. um, and I just say, well, I'm just, you know, a kid, but just with a bigger allowance. And what I love mm-hmm. about, and I didn't even realize I was doing this before I got into the whole miniature business is that you have a picture in your head and now you're wanting to put that on the table Yeah. And for me, the most important thing is when I grew up, I grew up, like I said, in the Mm eighties, there was no internet to us available to us. We were lucky if we had a walkie talkie that could reach two houses down. Yeah. Um, So, but what I did have were uh, models uh, for, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Tamaya, SC. um, uh, Then there's Verlinden, VLS, Verlinden Letterman stock that was close to my mom's house. Mm Mm-hmm. But I had books like from Shepherd Payne. We I I, I had all these books that I would study and mm-hmm. read. I I still have this up and upstairs in my living room. Model soldiers in color. It's a hardback. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the amount of I uh, just I just get goosebumps actually just now talking about it. the amount of time studying that and. imagining and oh my so it it, i kind of see it not from an ego perspective but i for me it's like this is this is an opportunity to uh, leave a mark on the hobby and give back yeah all all with the purpose of inspiring gamers new and old to play yeah that's it that's what all of this is about and that's what i love about uh making miniatures and I've learned a lot in these last few years, mm-hmm. uh, a lot, uh, what to do, what not to do, how to do it, that sort of thing. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Trial uh, and but error. I, yep. Yeah. Trial and error. But I think the most important thing is I'm having fun doing it. Amen. And in the end, it's to provide these cool figures to the gamer so that they can play and then bring up the next generation.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: So, Well,
0: I love, you've said a lot of things in there that I want to kind of add on to. um, But one of the things is uh, a lot of the gaming that we see uh, today, and there are more games than ever, and the games that are out are better than ever. There are just so many good games. It's almost as though someone has a podcast about it. He says rolling (laughs) his eyes. Um, Hey, (laughs) hi, thank you for listening. Um, But a lot of the games that we play today, I mean, a, a lot of them, in recent years, I should say, have been tied to specific IP. Now, if you go back far enough, um, back before the Dungeons and Dragons world was an IP, um, it it was just generic fantasy role playing, and then you had the original Warhammer, which was made to play, you know, battles using generic fantasy. You know tropes. You have Star Frontiers, uh, or right. which was yep. kind of like you know generic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, yes, to, yes, to a degree, there was a, a background there, but you could adapt it. I mean, what I'm getting at is uh, you, today you have a here's a Star Wars game, here's a Judge Dread game, here's a you know whatever else a World War II game, and it's all very specific battle tech. I mean, whereas. We're seeing a rise in miniature agnostic games, games like Reality's Edge, games like 7TV, Pulp Alley, where you can come up with your own... It's sort of an open sandbox experience where you're able to uh, really explore um, your own narrative. And I think that's really exciting. And what I love about the models that you're putting out, uh, be it, you know, some... Vietnam veteran, uh, you know, in the field, LARP models, or if you're talking about, you know, a modern ninja or a saboteur or a dog handler um, with a very cool dog attached, um, several versions, I might add, Uh, if you're talking about those or you're talking about, you know, a family of adventurers um, of which children are a part, which we don't always see on tabletop games. There are, you know, you have a wide spectrum of models that people can draw from and add to their collections to help play out the narratives that they want to play out in these games that are now available. It's it's really exciting. It's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, a lot of people they ask me, "Well, do you have a set of rules? Yeah. Or what rules can I play these with?" And I say, well, these are twenty-eight millimeter miniatures. Mm-hmm. They're rules agnostic. Exactly. That doesn't mean that uh, Footsore isn't working on a set of modern, or I would, it wouldn't mean that I, you know, don't work close with David Phipps from Pulp Alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came out with uh, Timmy's Journey, uh, mm-hmm. he created cards to go with, uh, you know, far for Pulp Alley. But again, it's because again, you know, like you said. These rules, there's so many different rules. Some people may like a particular rule set. I mean, like a particular... And what's great about it is you can take these ministers and play them in any set. You yeah. can play them in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which is great. I mean, it's it's... I talk a lot about... Miniature agnostic rule sets all the time. But as you say, it's nice to have some rules agnostic miniatures. Uh, right. And I know there are, there are lots of little boutique companies that sell, you know, little ranges of this, that, and the other thing, some of which is licensed, some of which is, you know, not. Um, and I'm not saying that Etsy's full of those, um, but, you <laughs> know, not looking at Masters of Universe models that I may have just gotten in the mail. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, the, yeah. the suspiciously strong 80s uh, muscle fantasy sci-fi models I got in the mail. Anyway. Um, but it's, it's, it's really fun, um, that we're able to explore a, a elements of our childhood that we're getting to revisit. Um, because again, a lot of, like you, a lot of my childhood, uh, was spent, uh, I, I had an hour and a half commute to school for a, a good chunk of my childhood, um, And that was when I was living in Japan, and that was all sitting on trains. Now, don't get me wrong, a big chunk of that time I was rocking out to the old school tape walkman that I just got. And um, (laughs) that, you know, is partially why I am a diehard 80s fan. But um, I spent a huge amount of that time reading uh, rule sets, reading science fiction books, um, you know, and just doodling and sketching in notebooks because, you know, there was literally. Nothing else I could do. <laughs> wasn't like I was going to do homework. Uh, right. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it's just – it's an exciting time, and um, I guess I'm really excited that you're part of
1: that. Uh, oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, it's interesting that – and I hear a lot of people refer to – you know, it was great when it was – you know, in my childhood this mm-hmm. and my childhood that. I look at people and I say, well, what the heck do you mean? Yeah. Why? Why can you not have those great memories now? Yep. And I think what happens is life happens,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it just depends upon how you react to life happening, mm-hmm. and th- that changes your 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 perspective on things. And and then you see, you know we're only here for so long, so let's yeah. just have fun and play and and, and enjoy everyone and, and and help inspire people. That's Amen. that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, look, I've had a couple of people ask me recently if I want to come play uh, the player pack for Australia's one of well Australia's largest convention um, for bolt action just went up. And I know Age of Sigmar is, is crazy huge. Uh, of course, I'm talking about CanCon and a lot of people are asking me if I want to go up and join them this year. Um, and I, I haven't played at cancon in a number of years um, because I I mean I I played competitively for a long time and a lot of people when they talk about their gaming history talk about how you know as a teenager in late high school and you know when they were in university they found alcohol and women or men or whatever um, and you know had other pursuits that they were very excited about Um, and gaming took the way you know took the side and then maybe after they've had a couple kids or a child or you know they've found a job all of a sudden they need something else to do and they go back to the thing they loved before i never stopped playing games i played straight through mm-hmm. and I, but along the way gaming stopped being fun it became something i did i i played competitively um and i played at the top tier um i was at one point rated australias and Asia's number one 40K player for a while, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. In fact, I'm kind of embarrassed about it. What I am saying, though, is I traveled a lot for tournaments, and I spent an ungodly amount of money on miniatures, on paying other people to paint my miniatures, um, because, you know, you had to follow the the meta curve. uh, In Games Workshop, it did have severe codex creep at the time, uh right and so it was staying ahead of the curve i would paint one army and i'd have i'd pay someone to paint another army or and then i'd sell one of the other armies and it was just this never-ending cycle but it stopped actually being fun um and it became a massive stress and i stopped being able to actually enjoy gaming and it wasn't until uh even when i went to bolt action i came in um you know, with the LRDG guys, and, you know, that was very much a competitive close-circuit arms race where we were constantly playing against one another. Don't get me wrong, that was fun. Um, I had a great time with those guys. But I started to take that too seriously. And so I've sort of taken a massive step back from everything competitive, and it was at that exact moment that all of a sudden I found a million other games. Um, Even, you know, I, I went from basically 40K to fantasy to um to to bolt action but you know i was one game at one time one focus had to be that and it was lived and breathed that game and when i got to my 10th bolt action painted army and Hmm. you know it was ridiculous what i was up to it just went what am i doing um and and really finding these games these smaller games and digging into them uh, and just having fun with the narrative and not worrying about whether I'm winning or losing, but what's happening on the tabletop, it 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 took me a long time to come to grips with, but it was a bit of an a, an epiphany. And I'm hesitant to go back to um, big two day events, not because you know everyone who plays in them is a dick, hardly. Not not even, I'm not saying that at all. Most aren't. Um, I'm more worried about myself at that event. Um, and I think it's just, I, 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 sorry, I'm 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 on a soapbox on your show. Uh, let me step off of that. But it's it's the idea that we can have fun with the games. And I revi- when I kind of went through my quote unquote regression. I think is what you were talking about before about you know maturing and then maybe immaturing. Um, it 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 was revisiting the the IPs of my childhood, be it V, be right. it GI Joe, Transformers, you know, all, uh, countless Japanese yeah. giant robot genre sure. games. But it was that it was that fun, and it brought the fun back. And I'm glad that more and more games are allowing us to do that. And you know, sure, the competitive is still out there. Um, in fact, it's probably stronger than ever. I'm just glad I'm not a part of it. I don't
1: know. Well. Well, see, yeah, I mean, yeah. There, Sorry, there's, there's a lot a, there. There's a lot there. I was very fortunate because when, when my dad got me into gaming when I was four, mm. so and literally he would paint plastic airfix and NPC figures, Civil War and World War One, and I would stand right next to him mm-hmm. in the basement and watch him paint. And he had a buddy or a couple buddies. They, they made their own Civil War rule set, and they based these figures on cardboard. Nice. And they made, you know, like I said, and so they gamed. So I was four. I was, I was, I was not even in preschool. But those are my earliest memories of mm-hmm. of standing there. I remember standing in, and we standing or sitting in his painting area, which was in the basement. There it was close to the furnace and stuff. Part of my childhood, my mind was, I was imagining I was on the Starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. and here I, it was just the coolest thing. When, uh, when I was fifteen, a store moved close to what within walking distance of my mom's house called epic gallery and the nice. owner mike brown um at the time he was there and that's where i spent a great part of my teenage years i got into D when i was eight
0: because
1: mm-hmm. my parents divorced uh and i when i'd go on the weekends with my dad there was a, an older kid that lived across the street from my grandma's, who got me into D and D, and then my father also played SPI and Avalon Hill board games. Oh yeah, and my first board game was Tactics Two, uh, and Patrick That's a Reader. hell of
0: a board game to start with.
1: That's right. Well, you know, uh, the way you uh, train in peace, buddies, how you fight in war. <laughs> yes. uh, so, so it was always there, and yeah. then, and then, not to mention my childhood friends since kindergarten. He and I would play toy soldiers Mm -hmm. and he had a pool table and and we had made sandboxes and we did, we were always, always, always playing. Yeah. We used to get on our bikes and take trash can lids and broom handles and joust. Nice. We were with some, it's crazy how none of us got seriously injured Yes. or blown off, blown off fingers from fireworks, throwing them at trenches Mm -hmm. during winter fights and stuff. But I was always playing, always, always, always playing. And and like I said, when I was 15, the store moved close to my mom's house. And that's where I met a lot of the gamers that I'm still playing with today. Nice. Yeah. So these guys are in their 70s. Um, Several of them have passed. Um, I have been very fortunate uh, to have been on the receiving end of 30 years of gaming from a a mentor of mine named William Narden. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty big in the community and, uh, I, and I, there's other people that are saying, okay, Tim here, I just keep buying more stuff for you. Cause you're going to get it all. So, but when, when I, when I grew up, when I was being raised in it, mm-hmm. uh, they were, these men were the age that I am today. Yeah. In their forties, yeah. early forties, mid forties, none of that competitive stuff was there. Yes. People are competitive but no tournament players, right. you yep. know, and I was there that the first day when 40 K the space, when the space Marine plastic box set was put on the shelf, mm-hmm. I was there. I played second edition Warhammer. Uh, but I, I also knew that there was that group that, that really were power gamers mm-hmm. are that, uh, that were those tournament gamers. And, and I didn't have nothing to do with them because they, they brought so much attitude to the table yeah. and the only time they brought that attitude or it would be like that is on the gaming table. Uh, they would dare not be like that off the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas, whereas uh, I've also been in martial arts since I was eight. So I had yeah. that background as well. So I, I, I so to end this yeah. part is that I, yeah. uh, I I really, I really don't want to have anything to do with that type of gaming. Yeah, exactly. Tournaments it brings out uh, the ultra competitiveness uh, from people. It brings out a lot of other things that have yeah. people haven't worked on themselves, and they bring it to the table, and they just r- can ruin it for other people. So yeah. I, to, that's that's I don't have any of that. I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care if I win or, or lose. I just want to play they're just the yeah. reminder of this is why I'm doing this is sitting down and having fun and, and playing
0: yeah yeah I like I, I've seen it both ways having uh, especially having been a competitive gamer probably more than I have a narrative gamer for if you look at my gaming life as a, as a wide spectrum or a timeline but I mean it is an opportunity to get out and get games with new people, see new armies, try new things. Um and it can be really invigorating, keep the game, keep games fresh and keep things moving as far as um you know your love of a game and as far as mod, you know inspiring you to do more, but I don't and I, again I'm not throwing necessarily shade at all people who play in tournaments. In fact, I'm not throwing shade at no, most if not, not almost everyone who plays. I just I don't know if I trust myself. I'm too much of my mom's son at times. Um, that that huh. must... It's not even like I must win, but I feel like I have to be... I have to put my best foot forward. And, um, I mean, I I, I... I won a very large Australian tournament, in fact, the largest in the Southern Hemisphere, and won best sports in the same time. So it's not like I feel like I was steamrolling people. But I did not enjoy... I did not enjoy the experience, but... Um, as it went on, because it became, you know, I started worrying about that. Whereas when I went in that first time, and, you know, a lot of the first times before that, it was just like, oh, I'm here to play some games and have some fun. And then it was like, oh, I found success. Ooh, can I go back? Ooh, I have a name to represent or something. And, you know, these are the, you know, you don't necessarily admit to that out loud, but in your head, you're like, ooh, I've done really well in the past. Ooh. Am I a has-been? And you go, we're talking about twist Soldiers. Move on. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of moving on, let's move on and talk about something very exciting. Now, you guys have started your own podcast. Now, by you guys, I mean specifically you are running the Footsore Vox podcast. Um, now, there is a lot to that. So I'm going to let you intro your own show and talk about what it is that you guys are going to be talking about. Because I know a lot of people who have been really interested, for example, um, about Mortal Gods and wanting me to have Andy on to talk about it, and now of course I have you on to talk about these games as well. Um, how can they find out more about the podcast that talks specifically about Footsore Miniatures?
1: So, the the podcast itself is called Footsore Vox. Mm-hmm. We have we have a Facebook group titled Footsore Vox. Yep. You can also find that. On the Facebook, the Footsore Facebook business page, mm-hmm. we are on iTunes, and I also uh, post to Lipson. So those are the two places. When I first was doing the research for podcast, again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out did. a way to yeah. mm-hmm. trying to get something recorded, and I realized that there was all these places to put stuff up, and and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put it on iTunes. It's on Libsyn. I will do my best to get the link up. Uh, and make it available to everybody. The I, I'm very, very, very grateful, and I, I see myself as very fortunate to be part of, partnered with Footsore and Andy mm-hmm. and Mark. They have been extremely wonderful, and all of their their support with me, and of me, and mm-hmm. for them to say, "Right, here's this Yank. He's he's ready." We're gonna uh, put our name behind him and have him move forward on this side. That's quite an honor yes um, so and you know life is very interesting and and uh, you put stuff out there and it comes and uh, those two guys were there and it's just a great great relationship. So we decided that what well, we've been talking about it for a while to have footsore TV mm-hmm. and uh, footsore Vox. It's been a little bit slow getting things moving because we've been quite busy. But mm-hmm. the idea behind Footsore Vox, we do our best to put at least one episode out a week, sometimes two, to talk about different products that FootSore itself produces. Mm-hmm. For example, Mortal Gods. So I think it's very important and to be honest with everyone here, that period, the the ancient period I know very, very little of. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the podcasts I was joking with, uh, Andy and Mark is that I remember when I was a kid watching Time Bandits, you know, mm-hmm. when they were dropped into Greece, uh, with the Minotaur, that was my really, that and Clash of the Titans. Yes. So I didn't, but it just, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. But as a young adult and uh, as an adult now, I didn't really get into it. So I've been learning about those periods and I thought, you know, I can't be the only guy here not really knowing what the heck's going on yeah. or how I build armies, how I paint them, that sort of thing. So why don't we talk about in different segments of the show, the, the different classes, the, the uh, different factions, the history behind mortal gods yeah. and how the heck do you paint these things? Yes. What kind of weapons do they have? Yeah. Uh, you know, why aren't they all white? Because, you know, as a kid, in Hollywood all these guys walking around or wearing tunics or whatever are yeah they're all white it's mm-hmm. just so it, for me it's in, to educate the gamer uh and and we do, we don't have all the answers of course but at least we we've got some answers to back up the the factions in the products that we're putting out so that you could apply that knowledge to the game itself yes so and we're going to
0: be do- it starts ahead, the conversation it doesn't end it
1: Starts it, right? Yeah. And the most important thing from those conversations is the feedback from the gamers themselves. Mm. So that the, the gamers, you know, they leave comments and say, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. We listen. We, we we read those comments and we bring them in to the next show. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be doing the same thing for Gangs of Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to be, we talked a little bit about the modern Stuff the modern range, uh, footsore modern, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about mythic and all sorts of different different periods. That when you look at what footsore has produced in the past and the direction that we're going, that's where you can see where a lot of the episodes will be about. I, the biggest thing is the support of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, I see. Uh, I we don't want to be the uh, a company that just puts out a set of rules and ministers and go here you go. Nice. Um, we want to support the gamers, and that that's very important. Yeah, we may not do, get everything right the first time, uh, but we do our best to to do that. You know, provide that for the community.
0: Well, that's the thing, and I think that's really important, especially for. um maybe smaller gaming companies is a interacting with your customer base so you keep you know keep abreast of what they want and you're giving them things that are exciting and you know help them to play the games that you're producing but it's also I think it's important for all companies um, I know a lot of big companies put out a game company uh, sorry a game and then sort of say well here you go have fun with it uh, and then you know traditionally they've just sort of turned off the phones and said, you know, put their fingers in their ears and gone, la, 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 la figuratively um, while people maybe struggle through things that maybe weren't right the first time. Um, And it's really exciting how much you guys are interacting with your customer base um, because nobody gets it right the first time. I mean, that's why we have FAQs. That's why we have rule changes. Um, That's why we have point adjustments. So many games adjust on the fly games, um, these days are often seen as l- sort of living documents and mm-hmm. the fact that you guys are working with your audience and you're answering questions and you're providing resources is just fantastic. It's cool
1: well, I'm glad you think so that that's the whole idea i i i, I when I first got into the miniature business of making my first miniatures, I had the impression that a lot of the um, companies were kind of like the Oz they were standing behind the curtain and mm-hmm. and not really showing themselves or it was just, it was different. And, uh, I think it's important to, to be there and, and put a face and a voice and a name so that people get to know that, you know what I, in the end, I'm just a gamer. <laughs> That's it. Yep. I am just a gamer in the end. I just want the same thing that you guys want just in the end is, is pushing toy soldiers That's and, right. and rolling dice making good memories with your friends mm-hmm. and you know, that that's it. And then ready for the next uh, toy to come out and get excited. And cause for, you know, my God nowadays it's Christmas morning every day, every day. <laughs> yes. And it, it, you know, every day and uh, that's exciting. Yeah. You know, but it can also be quite confusing because you talk about the different games and different periods and, you're like, Oh, okay. You know what? I have to, I got to focus. I have to, I have to, I have to stop. I'll let my other buddies get into this game. I mm-hmm. can't do that because I, I will not have the time to yeah. paint the figures because I I have other, other goals. Yeah.
0: Well, so, you also have a family,
1: a job, <laughs> there's other things to do in the day. That... Well, I, pr- I I pretty much do this full time. Yeah. So um this is, and I'm, I'm fortunate i don't really have to do this and i mm-hmm. just i do this because you know it's just the passion out of love so, man out of love yeah yeah yeah
0: well let's talk about the future then um you have mentioned um you know things that are coming down the pipe and how every day is christmas and i guess that that sort of uh makes me wonder what's coming from Footzar. now i'm Extraordinarily excited about Mythos uh, for Mortal Gods, which is you know the the mythic creatures and um, armies and warbands and monsters that's coming out later this year. Uh, and I keep thinking, oh, later this year—that's really far away. It's almost <laughs> October. Like, I know. Oh my God, how did that happen? So um, I think that's going to be on us really fast, but. What what what's, what's coming in the pipe? What teasers can you throw our way? Because I know a lot of people are very excited about, A, Footsore miniatures, and B, some of the stuff that Footsore North America is doing in particular.
1: Well, definitely, you mentioned Mythic. That is towards the end of this year. Nice. And I don't know if you've seen, I'm sure you have seen some of the demo games and the pictures that mm-hmm. Andy and Mark have put out. Uh, that
0: Cyclops Ooh.
1: yeah the Cyclops and there's a hydra and mm-hmm. all this beautiful beautiful figures that is something that I'm very interested in because mm-hmm. um god bless them they 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 have sculptors who are back in the age of the uh, 80s mm-hmm. uh, or well late 80s 90s games workshop that's you know that's bringing back that that feel old of old hammer so cool. uh you know that we had when we were playing you know in the very mm-hmm. beginning so I'm that is what I'm definitely excited for. So I can't divulge all the stuff, but that's definitely coming out.
0: Especially, uh, I mean, you were talking about Clash of, Clash of the Titans. I mean, that is oh, literally yeah. the game where if you loved those oh, yeah. movies growing up and I'm yeah. not talking about the modern ones, although I think that right. works, too, um, mm-hmm. especially that that first one uh, mm-hmm. ooh, yep, gives me shivers.
1: I know. I know. I mean, I remember as a kid being scared to death of Medusa, mm-hmm. yeah, but even go back, go back. Further than that was Jason, and the Argonauts. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> we've got good, you know, this. there's really good skeletons out now. Yes. Uh, and there's other stuff coming out that that will accompany those. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, I can talk about that. Uh, right now from the foot sore North America side. So what I'm kind of really handling the, the moderns and mm-hmm. the pulp stuff. And I, I'm getting into the other things as well. But, uh, the, the the biggest thing right now is the Vietnam, uh, era and there's a couple of companies that are doing really, really good jobs Mm -hmm. at producing a lot of miniatures for that genre. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to do that again. I wanted to put, uh, put out some small units, some small special forces units, and we've done, uh, um a set of lerps Mm -hmm. we've done seals we've got another set coming out towards the end of the year from vietnam cool we have that is currently being sculpted and and should be done by the end of this week is a set of british sbs in syria uh nice and that's going to come with a dog and different heads multiple heads Mm -hmm. they're they're all rocking just baseball caps and and low profile Rigs, short sleeve shirts, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that opens up other areas for us as well in that conflict for the, uh, the other special forces, the operators that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that will definitely take us towards the end of the year. And like you said, you know, you think, my God, it's the end of the year. Well, yeah, it's September. Christmas is here in three months. Yeah. And I, I, I am welcoming December.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: I, I will take off uh, probably about three or four weeks, the whole of December, and not mm-hmm. do my best not to produce anything, and take that time just to sit and paint yeah. and build, uh, so that I can recharge and rejuvenate so far yes. the next year. And we've got some stuff coming up that are already. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna be doing foot store. North America is gonna be doing uh, a Kickstarter. Uh, well, actually, it's just it, it's coming out of here. But it's Footsore itself will be doing a, a Kickstarter uh, that uh, my mate Glenn and I are going to be running, and uh, we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. So I know Ooh. I didn't answer all your questions, no, but right. I, I can't.
0: <laughs> no, no, that, that you've you've given us more than enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I work when I worked for Games Workshop uh, in sales for years. Uh, <laughs> September 1st began Christmas season, um, and we started putting Christmas decorations up September 1st, and it wasn't that, it was just to get people in the mindset, because of course we had to talk to the shops, get them their Christmas product, and of course people would put on massive Christmas orders, um, and then you know we'd have to pack it, then we'd have to ship it. And so by the time it actually got to them, you had to get it out in enough time, because Parents literally need months, to, or you know, spouses or even gamers need months to, um, you know, go in buy presents, and you want to make sure you you're there for the early bird. And sometimes people are like, oh, the product isn't selling. It's the first week out, and you're like, well, it's the first week of October. Um, give it a, give it a couple of weeks, and then you they call up, you know late November going, Oh my God, I need to reorder so much stuff. And you go, yes, welcome to Christmas. Uh, and then, (laughs) you know, you get to literally because, you know, we would be shipping stuff, you know, almost Christmas Eve, if not Christmas Eve, um, then, you know, literally then you would have the shops needing to restock everything that they were sold out. And so, you know, sometimes that break didn't come till literally late January. So, uh, you said you're taking December off. Um, yeah. Good luck with that.
1: Uh, well, what, well, yeah. when I say taking December off, yeah, I mean taking December off from starting any new projects. Right. 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 Yeah. That's what I mean. Sorry, I uh, was just being yeah. cheeky. No, not from the sales perspective. It's just from okay, oh, what yeah. can I build next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yep, that's what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was being a jerk. Um. <laughs> yeah. I I do want to say. Um we have been talking a lot about how a lot of the um particularly the modern stuff uh for footsore north america is you know is 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 small batch uh you know the the lerp team um you have a samurai um you know (laughs) character model which is very cool um but it's sort of a one-off you also have um you know various uh, modern adventures and that adventuring family that i mentioned before um, if you take all of those and you go, well, you know, Brad, I, I only play the big games. Um, I only play army specific games. Can, you know, why would I look at these? Well, as Tim was saying, there are a lot of companies that make great Vietnam ranges. And if you happen to be building one, it is definitely worth l- adding these models to that because they have a lot of character. Um, and they're great personality models that you can put in to add variance and differentiation within your force, so not you don't have the same ten sculpts over and over again. And they look great. Um, and so that just just couldn't let you go today without mentioning that. Um, that I think that you're. I mean, I have a lot of. Weird samurai models from all over the place, and I went out and got yours because I thought it would be a great character piece to add to my existing models. So, mm. yeah, and of course, I may have gone down the rabbit hole of getting your lerp's and now <clears throat> starting to look at Vietnam
1: models. <laughs> yeah,
0: so they're, those are really lerps. really
1: nice. Yeah, they they're, are. The, 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 the lerp's are really nice, and I'm still I, I've never painted tiger stripes before so Mm -hmm. i'm slowly going at learning how to paint tiger stripes so i can take good good photos of the figures (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. that's a challenge yeah
0: it's Mm. that's not easy (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. I've tried that a
0: couple of times and uh, I have not posted those pictures online. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, that is out of my wheelhouse. Uh, Right on. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on today. It's just been absolutely fantastic talking shop with you. Uh, I know I probably had a little too much coffee and have been contributing to your show a bit too much. Um, But uh, it's just been wonderful to talk gaming and industry in general um, with you, I know that you do need to roll out. But before you do, do you want to mention anything else other than maybe where people can find you again just so they, they definitely can? Um, anything else you want to talk about? Because we do have time. Well,
1: I, 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 for me, the, the most important thing is to, to let everyone uh, know that how grateful I am. I'm very grateful mm. that people have chosen to support me and support here, here. F- support Fort Soar. Uh that again, that the seeing that and seeing that response is what fuels me and says, okay, right, I'm doing something right here. I'll continue to move forward with this. Mm-hmm. So thank you, community. That's very important. If you want to find me for the whole idea behind FootSore North America is so that we can support uh build mold and cast footsore miniatures here in, in the United States and mm-hmm. take care of the the gaming shops as well as uh, in, the, in North America, as well as Canada.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can find me at footsorenorthamerica.com. We have the Footsore Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We have Footsore Vox. <laughs> we also have uh, Footsore Modern, which is the, the modern uh, range of figures that Footsore produces. So uh, there's, you can find me there. On Facebook, you can always message me at, at Tim Spakowski. I'm there. I may not answer you right away, uh, but I will do my best to get back to you as soon as I can. So, um, yeah, the biggest thing is 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 really it's the, the gratitude, yeah. because if I didn't have that, then I, I wouldn't be doing this today.
0: Well, I mean, as you say, you are very busy. Uh, I didn't even know that the Footsore Modern page existed. Um, I literally just liked it while we were talking. Um <laughs> Oh, of course. And there are your SBS in Syria models. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, mate, you have your finger in a lot of pies. Um, and again, thank you for putting your fingers out into those pies because a lot of really exciting models um, and content for the gaming community has come about because you decided to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I, I think, should be uh, we should draw a giant underline under that and say thank you because uh, it is cool to. Uh, I mean, without people like you whose passion creates these projects, it you know we we wouldn't have them. So thank you, my 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 gaming collection. Thanks you, although my wallet does not.
1: <laughs> well, again, I, I appreciate it. It's it's great, and I am very excited for the new projects that are going to be coming out in the next year, and and continuing to help. Uh, gamers and 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 bring joy to the gaming again
0: amen amen well guys speaking of thanking folks um thank you for listening to cast ice um it has been uh, a crazy old year um and you might say brad the year isn't over yet you literally just talked about it being months to go but uh cast ice began on halloween two years ago and um, we are creeping up on our second year birthday. Um, I do have some fun stuff in in the old pipe for that, I hope. Uh, and I just um, want to say thank you uh, for uh, listening. Thank you for uh, engaging. I, I don't like talking numbers. Um, I always get funny when people do that. Uh, I think it doesn't make for the most interesting listen uh, listening um, when people do it on other podcasts. But... Um, Guys, uh, a thousand people now follow uh, Cast Eyes wow. on Facebook. Um, I am, <laughs> I didn't, I hadn't been looking. I was blown away. Uh, I am, I, I'm beyond humbled that people. Um, you know, I'm sure you, a lot of people are just tuning in for bad memes, but. thank you for tuning in for bad memes uh there you go uh so uh, guys thank you um especially given that cast ice will be exploring uh video Uh, i'm hoping that by the time this goes to air our first youtube gaming clip uh will be up and i'm also hoping that more will follow after that um uh, for those who have been along for the ride, and I know a few people have been listening since the early days of the LRDG when the audio was just about unlistenable, um, we've come a long way, baby. Uh, I know it's not 100% now. Um, it never will be. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Uh, but I, I do want to say thank you for listening to this podcast, um, which is essentially just a hobby of mine. Um, but also, thank you so much. Um, and please, Bear with us while I get the video part of this up and running. I'm hoping that um, the, the learning curve, though incredibly sharp, um, will, will be traversed quickly and we will have great content for you to enjoy. Um, if you have feedback about the games you would like to see... Um, or feedback if you are technologically savvy and say, hey, I know what d- dial you need to turn um, to make that look better. Uh, I will happily take any feedback that you have. Um, please go to Cast Dice on Facebook. That's C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, and uh, shoot me a message. I would love any feedback that you have specifically about the new video series um, or audio or anything else. Thank you very much for listening. As always, um, it has been a pleasure talking to my guest. Thank you for coming on, Tim. Thanks for having me. And um, when you are playing the games that we know and love, to quote my good buddy Casey, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than anything else, we hope that you are having fun. Good night. <laughs>